the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, only podcast on the internet sponsored by Old Hair Magazine. Send us pictures of your oldest hairs. <laughs> my name's Aaron. Here's my personal pal's Dave. Hey, boys. We have Brick. Did he go just laugh a fart out of himself? He, he sure did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so is this related to Waste Not Jesus Waste, Christ. where it's hair not hair? Are we talking rabbits or hairs? Like like head of hair? It's spelled H-A-I-R. Okay. So it's hair. So what, what, is, what are you going to do with all the rabbit pictures you get? Well, I guess that's going to be the next sponsor is Old Hair Magazine, H-A-R-E. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be your oldest hair. Your sister publication? Yeah. No, okay. Uh, and then that's Brick. Yeah. And then, uh, calling, uh, no, not calling, uh, being here in person from the overseas, uh, we have formerly old Irish Nico, now new American Nico. That's me. Hey. Today's episode is about a tried and true literary technique that maybe is not so true. Maybe it's just tried, which is beginning with dialogue. Now, I must say, this is something that I am extremely guilty of, both past and present in my writing. More, I would say, in my writing now. When I think of a story, I think of the opening lines. You know, there's, uh, I think, was it uh, Marquez has that bit about, like, you know, if you get the opening sentence of a story, you're golden. Like, once you get the opening sentence, you're fine. Mm. And I thought about that that line a lot, or that, that sort of idea. And so I think about opening lines in my stories quite a bit. And often I find myself thinking, like, oh, this dialogue would be a good way to open the story. And I almost always end up being like, no, this is awful. This is a terrible idea. It's one of those like old habits. Like a, it's like a weird reflex or like a, a tick of writing from being a, in a, a let's say, a even more immature writer than I am now uh, that I don't quite get over. So when you read stories, when you write stories, when they open the dialogue, what's your reaction to that? How do you feel about that? Bad. <laughs> yeah, tell us more, Dave. Maybe, there, maybe there's something about it that, that feels amateurish. Mm. Yeah, that's how it feels. In my Even though I, I mean, I feel like it's. I don't think it is by definition, but that's just that's how it strikes me. Especially dialogue that's unattributed. I find that uh, extra ridiculous. And what makes it ridiculous for you? That was a question. What makes it ridiculous? For you? <laughs> yeah, this oh, should have been it? one of my hot takes. We could have. <laughs> but like, what about it? Much is, quicker. Like. Uh... Is it because it's asking you to care about a character that you don't even know anything about them besides, except for their speech pattern, kind of? It, it's not even a character. You don't know anything. There's no grounding of any kind whatsoever. Right. It's like asking you to Unless the dialogue involved. is like, well, here we are in 1837 Russia. And <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Opening with expository dialogue. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think opening with dialogue, especially in like short stories, it's a shortcut for starting in the middle, right? Mm. And it's a way of just, it's like a jarring opening. I also think it is an example of uh, TV and movie sensibility bleeding into writing. Hmm. Tell me more about that. Where like it almost feels like the start of a TV episode. Hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so like it just, there's the whole, you got to start in the, start in the middle of the action for a good short story, blah, 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 blah. And I think there's probably a combination of bad advice and the bleeding of the bleeding of writing with, with, with visual media to, to kind of lend to that. Cause you're right. You're not grounded. Mm -hmm. Right. But so many times it feels like amateur writers uh, or, or students or whatever, 
they're assuming the reader knows what they're picturing, right? So because they've thought about this character in the story more than anyone else, they forget that they need to establish everything, right? And so, and I think it's a, that's the, a bit of that can be a vestige of sort of imagining, imagining your writing as a visual as a movie or as a show or whatever mm. you don't need to describe the things that you see right so they're describing because mike mike the dj in their character is much more whole to the writer because they've had this this character doing different things in their head and in their writing for right. longer and they forget that this this character prior to the first word of this dialogue doesn't exist mm. for the for the reader this Mike DJ character. Yeah, and I, I think a good writer can start a story with dialogue and very quickly steer that chaos in a direction, hmm. right? Where, like, there's some benefit to, for certain types of stories, opening with chaos or confusion because it sort of lets you quickly kind of grab your reader by the neck and, and, and stick them somewhere. Not every story needs to start with, like, the water was the water was rolling slowly down the river and right. was, you know what I mean? Like th there's, there's room for a jarring opening of a story, but only if it's controlled quickly. Hmm. And I think that takes quality writing. I wonder if that's it. It, it, it feels like a, a sort of a lazy shortcut mm -hmm. to, well, I mean, kind of, it reminds me brick of, we talked about music in, oh. I think in fiction specifically, it's like, you know, when they have like, okay, Fred woke up and, you know, put on the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. He put on blood on the tracks and, you know, that's supposed to tell us something about the character that the writer mm -hmm. is either incapable of, of telling him or herself or just doesn't want to. Yeah. It's very rare that that sort of mention and just doesn't want to take the time to benefits. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's just this like, it's just this again amateurish like assumption that like my the way this the way I feel about this song is the way I want the reader to feel and therefore mentioning the song right. means they're gonna have the same feeling. Like how right. many times you've been in a car and like yo, some someone's like hey listen to this song it's really fucking great and you're like that's 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 nice, right. you know like it's not the same like just because you really love that fucking Bob Dylan song because you were listening to it the first time you were blown doesn't mean you can <laughs> convey that to the reader by mentioning that song. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, that's that's how that's used all the time. However, if Mike the DJ was getting a blowjob while listening to Bob Dylan on the first Ooh. page of the story, then this might, the story might have some legs, actually. That might be pretty good. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Th those moments are always about the writer more than the characters themselves. So yeah. The writer wanting to pay attention to their taste. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, let's... What are the openings that are available for stories, right? What is opening in dialogue? What is opening with, like, description of the scenery what else do writers do info dump Aaron. was it action right beginning with car crash mm -hmm. i feel like one that you see a lot that can either be very effective or again can work as kind of a shitty shortcut mm -hmm. is one that's sort of a two clause sentence that starts out very broad and then twists very specific at the end i feel like you see that no i can't think of it <laughs> But, yeah. you know, like something that it seems like almost general. And then I'm sure if I flip through some some storybooks, I can find one quickly. They it, it's like someone's shooting for that that line that Marquez is talking about. Right. That that sort of you you nail that first line, you do it. So they yeah. try and encompass mm -hmm. like part of the part of the sentence encompasses the entire scope of the setting and yeah. then it immediately steers straight into whatever the immediate issue is with the with the with the 
character. Makes me think of the first right. line of Fear Long Las Vegas, right? We're whatever X miles outside of yep. Barstow or wherever it is when the drugs kicked in. Yeah. Like that's that kind of like mundane first half, wild second half, that kind of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then there's kind of like the wide angle one where it's like some variation of, you know, you start like, here's the world, yeah. here's the country, here's the state, here's the town, here's this house. Right. There's this person inside the house. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh Nico, you said info dump? Yeah, that's your favorite, right? Just a just a long the world history building. about <laughs> This is a, like eighty pages of info dump. Because <laughs> it's not the beginning, it's a whole fucking story often. Which yeah. Crazy. That's your life. Um <laughs> I think there's there's also one where it's like starts with the end of the story and then mm. says like yeah. but before that happened. You know, rewind. I bet you're wondering how the, I got into this. Yeah, mass. the cliche record scratch opening. Yeah. 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 That feels like, I don't know if this is the case as far as origin point, but I feel like that just so heavily feels like 90s cinema, like 90s indie or like yeah. mainstream aping indie movie cinema, where it's like the first senior movie is a character getting thrown into a dumpster and yeah. then like getting out in a three piece suit. And dusting off, and it's, and it's like, like seventy-two hours earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a like a trade so Tarantino kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? What other kind of openings are there? Can you think of? Kind of seems to me like the dialogue one is a subset of opening with action because it's yeah. like you're trying to get into the middle of things, and if you do it right, I think you can. Yeah. It's just yeah, like Dave said, if you're if you're just un, if you just have unattributed characters that you don't know anything about, right? Then it's it it just makes it can it can backfire. Yeah, yeah. The advice to start in the middle is is yeah. I don't know. It's it's. I've heard that too. And I tell my students when I teach creative writing, not that, but sort of a version of that where it's like just try and start at the last possible minute, that kind of thing. Which mm. is not quite the same thing as starting in the middle. It's just like start when things are getting interesting. Don't like, waste my. That's time. what Vonnegut says. Yeah, yeah. Like the start know, as close to the end as possible. I think was yeah. not the exact yeah. phrase, but. Yeah, if like I'm a story character, stories about a character in an office and they get fired, I don't need to see the day until they got fired, and mostly see when they right when they got fired, and then of course right. what happens after that, as opposed right. to like hearing about how the meeting went, that kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. Like we discussed this before, I think in a different episode, I read for uh, I shouldn't say that, I guess, but I read the conclusion and ma- the end matters more to me than the beginning, right? Mm. Uh, as a reader certainly mm-hmm. and i read for the ending and i pay more attention to the ending like when i get to the ending i get it's like the kind of when it, the story is good when you get to the ending i get that kind of feeling the kind of buzz where i'm like oh my god it's ending and now the things, things gonna happen it's very volatile it's very exciting and when a story doesn't work for me it's because the ending doesn't give me that sort of that buzz but you're never gonna get there if you're bucked at the beginning though yeah totally which is interesting so, so i don't pay as much attention to the beginnings because it's almost like i noticed this the other day i was reading a story it wasn't in Saunders. It was somewhere else. Uh, and I would read the first page. And by paragraph two, I was like reading every other sentence, basically. Mm. And I was like, I'm, I'm getting it. I, I know what's going on here. Yeah. Mm. And I wasn't not enjoying it. I was just like, I, I can figure out. I can, I've read enough to know like how this is getting started. I don't need to pay attention to your words, which is a very or arrogant, dumb thing to do. <laughs> but it was like, I noticed that as a habit of mine. Is I sometimes kind of like gloss over some of those opening bits because I'm like, yeah, I know how stories mm-hmm. start. Just give me the give me the meat. Yeah, uh, not a great habit, but just something that I, I noticed that I do. Yeah. When you guys write, do you find it's hard to to start that way? Do you find the the opening lines difficult? I do. Been a while since I wrote anything, but yeah, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. Mm. Nico? I think I tend to find the opening the, e- the easiest part, and yeah. then making it all make sense at the end mm. is the hardest for me. A struggle I always had with starting stories was not having it start on a joke. Hmm. Why would starting a joke be bad for you? Because then your story's a joke. Like sometimes some, sometimes you want it to. <laughs> yeah. And 101 yeah. stories. So the first line of my story is what happens when it's new, it strikes 13 midnight. Or it's, when the clock strikes 13, it's midnight Pacific Ghost time. Danny entered the room and killed himself. Dave, what about you? I don't think I have a problem with it just because I tend to look at it as placeholder text anyway. Oh, like I, n- I never write a first line that ends up being in a final draft of anything. Right. Man. That's interesting. I have that horrible disease where I, like, get married to the line. You get stuck like, with it, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, well, this is where this is it forever. This is the first line of the story. Yeah. It will never. That's ever interesting. We talk about that. Uh... Yeah, my therapist could tell you a lot about that too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Various other problems. Well, these are uh, like it's interesting that we at this topic because like I agree with with the points here. I think you're right. There's always the exceptions, right? And then because you come out story that opens with dialogue and it actually works, and you're like, "Well, this actually is is pretty good." And the, all of a sudden, all those the things we think of stories that begin in dialogue and the the consequences of that no longer apply, and all of a sudden the story works or the novel works, whatever it is. So these are not obviously hard fast things; it's just patterns, right? Like inclinations. And it's tough with something like dialogue because there's so much, so many different ways that that could go and that could play out. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's got to be something deeper that makes it succeed or fail yeah totally and there's you know so many other variables that start to sort of help that push that along if it if it can be pushed along well listeners talk to us on twitter at yak babies and tell us what your thoughts are in opening sources dialogue how do you feel about that how many sources have you written that began with i know you're wondering why i got here uh and and how embarrassed are you of them i am very but everything as an email so yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com for more thoughts also twitter no twitter.com patreon.com slash yakbabies is where you can get our bonus podcast for one dollar a month so we're asking for our patreon you get a whole other podcast universe it's the the deeper enriched world of the yak babies where we're doing games and drafts and some big momentous events recently there was the candy bracket the howling candy bracket which was an all-timer three-hour podcast lots of lots of consequences for that one certainly uh, and also the 101 ghost jokes ranked podcast or podcasts we don't know i don't know what forms it take yeah it could stay yeah mm-hmm. whatever that looks like and whatever form you're finding it find it on patreon for a dollar our merch site is tinyurl.com slash babies where there's t-shirts and posters and mugs, all kind of stuff there. It's all really fun. Design my brick. Very hilarious designs. Uh, and then last thing is tell a friend about Yak Babies. Maybe you got a friend who's a writer who always writes their stories with dialogue in the beginning and you want them to change their habits because you're tired of reading those goddamn drafts. Well, have them listen to the Yak Babies and we'll give them some suggestions and advice with all of our ones and we'll grow the fan base that way. Until then, Yak Babies, yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all their loyal listeners and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, and William Howard Taft. (laughs) 